All right, on today's episode, we welcome on a special guest. This is Expand Your Brand, episode two. We bring on my, actually, it's my cousin, and uh, it is Albert Dimwitty. He is, uh, he's part owner or co-owner with yep. his wife, Jen, of Good Vets, Good Vets, uh, good veterinary, friends, yeah. Good Friends Veterinarians, and uh, yeah, Albert's, Albert's here to join us to talk some golf and hang out with us today, and we appreciate Albert being on the show, too. Albert also coaches Westview Wrestling as yep. well, too. Yep. So, Albert, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I'm glad you can make it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. This is uh, going to be a pretty good episode, but I think we want to get jump into your background about, like, you know, how'd you get into golf? Because, you know, we're obviously a golf podcast, but yeah. we want to talk about how you got into golf and everything. So I got into golf, uh, exposed to it at a very young age. My great-grandfather was a member down at uh, Weekapog and kind of around it. And then uh, my dad would go play with him, and every once in a while I'd get to go and hang out. And um, picked up my first set of clubs probably around 13 or 14, just started kind of hacking away. And then when we got into high school, joined the golf team for a couple of years, and, um, you know, really fell in love with it at that point. You know, it was awesome having coaching every day and just getting better there. Then I went to college, and the clubs kind of got set aside a little <laughs> bit. And... Uh, when my wife got into vet school and we moved to Missouri, the place that we uh, lived on was actually on a golf course, so it was just really? a no-brainer, yeah, to get back Good into it. Good course out there? Um, it, it, was, it was a nice little course. Uh, the apartment complex happened to build a golf course right there. It was called the Lynx. Oh, and that's it, awesome. And, uh, so it was, it was nothing fancy, but you, know, you could walk out your back door and hop on the hole if you right. lived there and just kind of <laughs> walk around and play. So it was awesome. It was, it was good. And then uh, when we moved back home, my dad plays a lot of golf. Um, I kind of grew up playing with him at like a very, 15 I think was the first year I played with him in a, a Tuesday night beer league with a bunch of construction workers that he, and I played in that league to some degree from 15 up until this year, I'm still playing in it. So either <laughs> sparing or having my own team. I think you played with me a couple years in it. And yeah. you know, it was just, uh, right now, golf for me is just a good way to spend time with my dad and, and friends, and you know, it's an easy hey, let's go play golf and hang out for a few hours. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Did you you played for Coach K? Yeah, yep. yeah, two years, <laughs> two years for Coach K. <laughs> it was I love love Coach K. Yep. Yeah, he was a great. He was my soccer coach, and then transitioned over to golf. Oh wow, well. double dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh my god. Yeah, yeah. he's he's great. That's had, awesome. We had him for. Yeah, like our golf coach, and he was yeah. just like so. And uh, just Coach Wuzzy, like, too. Yeah, Coach Wuzzy, yeah. Yep. There was just so much fun to like have them as your coaches. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. good and time. I mean, <laughs> I, and how could you beat it? I mean, Winnipeg yeah. for free every afternoon. I mean, yeah. and then um, I'm Jeff Beaupre was the pro down there at the time. Yeah. And he was a good friend of my aunt. So there were certain mornings, like afternoons, where if it was slow, I'd go out with Jeff. Because yeah, yeah. we, you know, and. and how can you beat the pro at the golf course? Just taking me out for a few holes real fast, and right. pointers right there too. I unfortunately I did not capitalize on all the help I was getting. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it didn't, didn't seem to translate as well as it probably should have. But I had a great time, and I still have a great time playing. So that's awesome. Yeah, Jeff's a great guy. We'll have to try and get him on. Yeah, um, yeah. He just got engaged, so congratulations uh, to him. Yeah, Shout out awesome. to Jeff. yeah. I mean, so how? I mean, first of all, I didn't ask. I should have asked at the start. What's everyone smoking? We always have we always have a nice cigar before we get going. So I gotta get into that. Too. I have the Oliva V series, one of my favorites. Golf course, drinking whiskey, just hanging out. Hey, it's always man. a 
go-to for me. Yeah. <laughs> Just a uh, nice little uh, acid for myself. I think it's like vanilla flavor. Oh, nice. Very light. Yeah, I might have to go. I have the Kristoff, but I might have to... I always go Kristoff, so I'm going to have to switch it up. I feel like I'm going to be saying that like, on every episode. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, move another Kristoff. So uh, you play, obviously, yeah, you play a lot of golf, and I know we, you and I play a lot, but what has been like your favorite golf course that you played around Rhode Island or New England? Um, in Rhode Island, uh, I really enjoy. Uh, my dad and I got to play up at uh, Crystal Lake last year up in Boroughville. It's a beautiful course. Mm-hmm. Um, really enjoyed that course. Um, in New England area, uh, Blackstone National is probably my favorite course I've I've played in the area. Um, we had a or we we had a uh, a rep at the vet clinic that we own. He was uh, an amazing golfer, and as a rep, his spring meetings would take doctors out on the golf course. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And so take the owners out, and you know I my wife doesn't play, which is fortunate for me because I got to go and we he would just take us out for the day and play up there and. It was just a great time, but that course was beautiful. That's, so, yeah, we played a college event at Blackstone, I believe. It is, really? It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Nice. it's a it's a different course. Like the first nine holes, you go you go out and it's nice and wide, and then it narrows down, yep. and then you switch to the back, and it becomes super narrow all of a sudden. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a different animal at this point. So, <laughs> but no, they're gorgeous, gorgeous golf not, courses. Not good for my game at all. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's it's that thing. I mean, I, I I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm just a Sunday hack. So for me, it's all about getting that one shot to make me come back. So yeah, yeah. As long as I get that one, I'm usually good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think you shared the perfect meme for oh, like that. Oh, that meme was that meme. We're in like a group Instagram, and he sent this like meme over, and it was like all like crap shots and I'm like <laughs> it was like a birdie and then like another birdie it was like what keeps you coming back yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it Start, never fails yeah, no, yeah. N- not yeah. at all I mean it's the weirdest thing like about like I along with just like you guys I was an athlete my whole childhood and still trying to be as a thing as I can but golf is just that sport where you know you you go out and you're a Sunday hack but you have those shots that make you feel like you're a pro all of a sudden yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know and, it, and for some reason it's enough for me to dump hundreds if not thousands of dollars a year and <laughs> yeah. think I'm gonna and you know it's all for fun and yeah. but you know you definitely can get those feelings you can also feel the opposite way <laughs> yeah, as well yeah, yeah. so I think that's what's so great about the game to be quite honest like you can have it going super bad and then just kind of you have that one shot that turns it around and then you have stretches where it it really comes out, and yep. then you have stretches where it really is just like, oh my god, I need to put these things yeah, away. Right, so right. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just kind of, it's like life. It's all oh, up and down, 100%. and I mean, you have good times, you have bad times, and you just kind of push through. And if it makes you happy at the end yep. of the day, then yeah. that's kind of all that matters. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think. I mean, it's just how it goes. It's like that, like in life, it hit all the emotions all in one. Oh, like three hours. Yeah. It's an up yeah. and right, yeah. up and down. Yeah. You're up. You're happy. You're upset. Yeah. You're yeah. Ready to it's cry. It's insane. Yeah, it is nuts. Um, you a member at anywhere around here? Yep, member at uh, Elmridge. Okay. I joined last year and I just renewed. Um, enjoy. So I up until last year, I never even really considered joining a club. You know, I liked going around and playing different clubs and seeing it, but um. My dad and some friends of his, you know, Tony Carrillo. Yep. So they're all, they're members down there. And um, I was playing with Tony and, you know, I, I shoot 
mid 90s most part and he's mm-hmm. like the thing that's going to help you the most in your game is you know knowing your course and then you can focus on the shots yeah and so last year i joined um down there and he was 100 percent right you know yeah. i go play fridays with the baggers down there and have a great <laughs> time but at the same time it was consistency i was there didn't yeah. have to think about it i knew that's what i was doing and my game got a lot better just in that one year and now looking to do it again this year and the other thing with the membership is my son my oldest son he got into golf as well already okay so he goes down to chris the pro down there yep he works with him so yeah that's awesome yep. chris is a great guy yeah. yeah um yeah so albert said the baggers on fridays they have baggers and they are sandbaggers hundred <laughs> percent all the guys from winnipeg went over to elmridge and they are legit sandbaggers and it is impossible to win money in certain instances so hundred uh, percent yeah i can't imagine fun. when it's, you go down there yeah it's, it's really good um like camaraderie between yeah, yeah, the guys and i mean you can't beat the membership there with with um with how many guys and and how close knit everyone is i think 100%. so um yeah, that's a, that's awesome. I'm glad that you can be a part of it and, yeah, and, and enjoy yourself there. And, like I had no intention of or didn't know about that. Yep. that how tight knit that group was. Yeah, and yeah. It's just like every Friday it's twenty guys yeah. in the afternoon and and it's the same thing and you go in there and then you go have a drink after and everybody's hanging out yep. and having a cigar on the deck and you know, it it, it it was a really good fit for myself in, in the type of golf I play. You know, yep. it wasn't over my head by any means. Yeah. And, you know, there are great golfers down there too, but at the same time, you know, I can go play with the best golfers down there and I don't feel out of place. Right, you know, right. They're always yeah. willing to talk and help you out and, and give you the advice. So I really enjoy it down there. Yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a really good group of guys. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> that's awesome. I, I need, I want to get on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, should. yeah that's, I, I think that's my it. next thing this you summer. You got to join. Yeah, I know. That'd be a lot of fun. There we go. Awesome. We do all our on-course content while we're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, the, all the swears. <laughs> Going to have to get the bleep button ready for <laughs> when I get on the course. <laughs> so I know um, you and Jen are co-owners with like, good friends, veterinarian, and yep. I mean, you do a wonderful job. I mean, you guys do such a good job of like my dogs and everything like that. Yep. Yeah, and Jen is so, so good and everything. But I mean, what's it been like? you know, to help her out, like, with the business and, like, what's been, like, you know, the biggest difficulty and what's some of the things that you've seen, but, like... Um, so, as far as owning the practice and so, like, you know, Jen and I have been together since we were 15 years old. Yes. Um, yeah. We've been together forever. Um, and I'm very lucky and fortunate for that. We have two beautiful kids, but, um, I think the biggest Shout thing, you know, is, is yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think the the biggest thing is, you know, I've been on that entire journey with her. Like we graduated high school together, yep. we went to different colleges and, and made it through all of that. And you know, she got into vet school, moved to Missouri so she could go do that. So you know, her becoming a vet was a culmination of her dream that I got to ride along with. And then um, she got the job offer at Good Friends um, with the previous owner. And, you know, it just kind of worked out that a couple of years after she practiced, he was ready to retire and uh, we were able to buy it. So yeah. that was a big transition for her. And because um, she's there every day, I'm not. I, I help out as much as I can. But, um, you know, another big step in her career journey, you know, now now she owns the practice. We run the practice together. And, and so the hardest thing um, is, you know, neither one of us ever thought that mainly her but we would be in charge of other people responsible i don't want to say in charge you know we have a great staff that works for us but 
we bought the practice at a funny time right before COVID. So we were getting used to running the practice and then COVID hit and all of a sudden you realize that you're responsible for these 10 other people's livelihood, you know? And when COVID hit, nobody knew what was shutting down, what was staying open, right? you know, who, what businesses were gonna, you know, lose a lot of business because, and you know, and so now all of a sudden you're just thinking, you know, it's not, how am I gonna feed myself? It's how am I gonna make sure these employees that we're responsible for now, how are we gonna help take care of them and make sure they're all, you know, not out of a job and, yeah. and you know keep them employed as long as can because you know veterinary stuff is not something you can send work from home at that right. point so that was that was probably the biggest challenge that we we faced right off the bat on the other end of it like you got through you treaded the water and so, got through well, it and... well so COVID, <laughs> covid for veterinary practices across the board it kind of you know blew up we've been super busy ever everybody went home and adopted a pet yeah i, th- yeah. I think you were at the you know at the peak of COVID, you were for the first time ever hearing of um, animal adoptions agency not having pets. Like, yeah. And so the vet, our practice, you know, we've been super busy. And I think if you call any vet practice around here, you know, getting a regular appointment, you can't just call and get it next day anymore. Yeah. And like surgery and emergency stuff now is through the roof. Yeah. Right? Right. So um, veterinary doctors are one of those weird things as far as I, my understanding of it is, is, you know, there's not a lot of them. There's yeah. not a lot of like the discrepancy between regular human medicine schools and veterinary schools, there's a lot more human doctors coming out than veterinary doctors. So, you know, the doctors themselves are in short supply and the amount of people who own pets now is just a lot higher. So yeah, yeah. we, uh, you know, knock on wood, yeah. you know, it's been, it hasn't, it hasn't downturned us and, you know, we were able to open the doors and actually make improvements and things like that. So, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, what a feel good story. Like congratulations oh, thank to you, you guys yeah. for thank you. everything from 15 until now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Crazy. yeah, that's pretty hard to do at this day and age. So yeah. you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. Yeah. That's, oh, that, she puts that, up, she puts up with a ton. So yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. I think that should be recognized. Yeah, like yeah, that is yeah. a that's tall feat right now yeah, in yeah. this day and age. Yeah. So, and then you guys are doing great. Yeah. Now Jen, Jen, if you ever meet Jen, Jen's a sweetheart, so she, yeah. and, you know, and like I said, great, like one of the, probably, probably one of the better vets I've ever been to for, I've had dogs my whole life, and Jen has been, her and her team, you guys do, they do a phenomenal job of just, like, make sure, they do thorough checks, they get you in if there's an emergency, like, Jen, Jen's super good, and, like, you know, knowing these two for my whole life, it's been, been awesome, and I'm so happy to have them, and then obviously yeah. they have two beautiful children that are, you know, Landon's a lot of fun to hang out with and play golf with. And yeah. about his, his, old, oh, his yeah. oldest, he's so, a, yeah. He's a handful. And, and Wyatt just runs away from me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Wyatt's coming into his own, yeah. So. But, uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing with, with just with, with Jen is that, you know, she didn't become a doctor, veterinarian, you know, for the monetary stuff. It was a goal that she had, and, yeah. and the compassion shows through more than anything. You know, she's not going to, she's not a doctor who, would, you know, money financials means that the dog lack of financials for a customer means the dog's going to get put down because they can't take care of it yeah, you know? yeah typically the clinic and jen will go above and beyond to find a way to make sure the dog gets the right surgery and, and is taken care of even if it means that the the, the owner surrenders a pet to yeah. the clinic and you know whatever she has to do to get the dog surgically repaired if that's necessary or, or seen whatever and then you know going back out above and beyond again to get the dog placed in the right home where it can be taken care, yeah. taken care of. So, no, her compassion definitely shows through in what she does. Yeah, that's awesome. She does, does a great job. Anyone yeah. with pets, I will be sure to send them your way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, 
when you play a lot of golf out, I, like, obviously, you, I know you like to smoke cigars, and you yes, know, sir. Have a good, we like to have some good times in the golf courses, some, some, a lot of fun. We like to get Albert on, on our, uh, on golf content with us, because yes. it would be pretty interesting to, <laughs> <laughs> to have us all together, but what do you, what do you, what's your go, what's your favorite cigar to smoke on the course? Oh, this last year, I was smoking a lot of the uh, CAO Flathead line. Really, uh, they do a box-pressed CAO flat, um, CAO uh, Flathead, and it was just it was very, um, very smokable, not super heavy or anything like that. And for me, on the golf course, I like a cigar that's not packed super tight. I like them, you know... So that they stay lit. I'm not constantly going back to my lighter on the golf yeah. course, you know. Um, so that's what I enjoyed about those. Um, I smoke a lot of uh, Drew Estate cigars as well um, on the golf course. They're they're a great cigar as well. Um, but typically, I would say uh, this last year I was smoking a lot of the CAOs when I could, when I can get my hands on them. What's uh What's your go-to drink to pair with with that specific cigar? <laughs> specific cigar. So on the or golf, any cigar, I on, say. on the on the golf course, uh, I I've jumped on the bandwagon. I'm a seltzer guy. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, that's that's they're, the go-to. Yeah, they're, they're easy. They're you know they're crisp. They're refreshing. And still get the job done. Yeah. So um, if I'm just hanging out here or after, um, we're drinking whiskeys. And bur- I'm, a, I'm a bourbon drinker. I enjoy yep. a good glass of bourbon. Um, just an everyday. Drinking for me would be something like a uh, Woodford Double Oaked, something nice and smooth, um, and then really these o- these Oliva series are really a, just a great cigar to sit down, smoke, enjoy with a good glass of whiskey. Yeah, nice, nice, great. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I didn't I didn't put it on there, but we're just gonna ask about some wrestling stuff too. I didn't like yeah, this yeah. coaching. I totally actually idiot me. I forgot <laughs> like oh, Albert does okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll, also too, besides golfing and being with a veterinarian service, you are you coach wrestling. I do. You've wrestled your whole life. What's it? What's been the coaching experience like for yourself? Um, my coaching experience. Um, for me, coaching. Um, I kind of fell into it just because I had great coaches growing up. You know, like you mentioned, Coach yep. K. He's a great influence. You know, as far as influences for me, I have my dad. I have my grandfather. You know, great guys that I look up to. And then for me, I immediately go to my coaches. Coach K, great guy. Um, and then my two wrestling coaches growing up, um, Al Gatron and Jared Kuhn. I mean, they, they um, you know, put me on a path, not just in sports, but in life, you know wrestling and for me wrestling teaches a lot of lessons and I don't want to downplay any other sport but wrestling for me teaches a lot of lessons that other sport just there's aspects of wrestling that you're going to gain so much life down the road life experience and just knowing to work hard and what you can succeed you know Um, and because of wrestling with the weight classes and everything else you know it's not just being good at the sport it's being dedicated enough to yourself and to what you want to achieve that you maintain a weight class, you, you suffer through the diets and still practice and grind. And, and so, um, yeah, coaching, uh, wrestling the sport, you know, gave me those ideals that I try and live my life by. And I went into coaching because I thought it's, it's a lesson everybody needs. If I can pass it to somebody else, then that's what I want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that that's like the greatest aspect of coaching. I feel like yeah, yeah. 100%. being able to teach through your own experience yep. and, and, giving back to the kids that either looked up to you or 
have no idea who you are, but right. after you get close to them, being able to share yeah. the experiences, I think is uh, that that's awesome to hear. I love and, that. Yeah, and like I love the guys on my team, on every team I've coached. You know, it might not always seem like it because you're a coach and you're trying to make them better. And in order to do that, you kind of gotta seem like a jerk every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. But you know, every kid on my team, whether they're an experienced wrestler or they're brand new, you know, we have we have. Um, it's an individual sport in a lot of senses. So we sit down with our guys or try to sit down with our guys and make individual goals. Like it's a hard sport in the fact that we don't have drills. Mm -hmm. You're going to wrestle and that's the only way you're going to get better. (laughs) So you're going to get bumps. You're going to get bruises. You're going to have to learn to fall the right way. As I say, uh, or I I try to say, and you know, so we are, first year guys who've never done it before like, listen you're gonna get thrown on your head it's going to happen yeah. <laughs> you, you learn to deal with it you pick yourself back up and and you know so we try and set realistic goals because there's such a grind in this sport that um you know for some kids just getting not getting pinned is 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 the first goal that they need or yeah. for other guys you know it's set your goals high enough where you can work toward them and achieve them but not too high where they're unachievable yeah. so you know, we, we do a lot of that that sort of internal and, and, and mindset stuff just to keep them where they're not burned out by the end of the season. How hard is it to cut weight for weigh-in before um, a match? A like, I, really I can't question. even... Yeah. I can't even imagine it. Like, I, I don't know how... In my own experience, I would, don't know how I would do it. Yeah. So I don't... Yeah, like, I mean, the weight cut... The, the weight cut, it can be grueling. It can be a grueling... So for a lot of guys, you know, in wrestling at the high school level, you see guys who are grinders, we call them, and they're the guys who are going out there and wrestle all year long and, and keep up a diet all year long, and they're looking to win state titles. Yeah. Those are the guys who, who are dedicated to the sport and, and maintain a weight. Then you have kids who are just trying the sport out, and, and those guys, you know, in, in the best aspect of the sport right now is there is a hydration and a pinch test. So a, do, a medical um, professional comes in and each wrestler is put on a hydration and a, a fat caliber test. So he dictates, you can't just go in and drop as much weight as you can. It's, you can't do that anymore. That, yeah. oh, yeah, that yeah. was obviously super dangerous back, yeah. back in the day. And... So now it's it's monitored very closely, which is which uh, in my opinion is is a good, good thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't think it takes a whole lot away. I think you know, there's still an aspect of dieting and there's still an aspect of maintaining and and but we do it where the coaches now know where your athlete can be. They're not doing anything crazy. It breaks down the weight drop through the whole season. Mm-hmm. So nobody can go in day one of practice at 160 pounds and by two weeks it'd be 140 like you yeah. can't do a 20 pound drop anymore gotcha. which is great um but you know when you're a wrestler that last three pounds that you need that's always the hardest that last yeah. three and so it's it's grueling for anybody and you know i our practice like i said before it, is wrestling that's what we do as hard as we can for at least an hour every of our, of our practice is live wrestling at least an hour yeah and it's a grind so then to have to do that and, you know, I have kids on the team that go through four or five t-shirts and a couple long sleeve shirts and just that much sweat is pouring off. If we have a match the next day, to know you have to go home now and you don't get to replenish yourself fully the way you want to because you have to, you know, maintain where you are or possibly drop half a pound or whatever, you know, 
that that's a mindset game. That's where yeah. you need to be strong mentally and be able to, to overcome whatever urges you have. And, and you know, I had when I was wrestling, I had urges that I wasn't able to. There were definitely days where I went home and said, "Screw it." Yeah. And 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 then there were days where it didn't happen. So it's all a roller coaster ride. But that weight cut is worse than anything else. Just just the mental. You go home and you play with. You know, it it plays with you because you go home to your family who's living their normal life. Yeah. And then you're sitting there and he's <laughs> like. Wow, maybe maybe I can have <laughs> half a glass of water and right. some broccoli. So it, it, it was definitely a little bit different, but no, it's it's probably a, in my opinion it's the hardest part of the sport, and it's what makes separates successful wrestlers in a lot of senses to unsuccessful ones. Yeah. So when 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 you were wrestling, there wasn't the limitation, right? So what was what was the? I guess what was the most weight you had to drop in before a match it um, was, I mean it was probably like a so I was in high school I was a pudgy kid um, so I would go probably into the wrestling room 165-170 pounds and I by the time I was wrestling competitively for the high school season I was 140-145 but oh my god I, I never you know I don't think I ever like crash dieted I think yeah. it was like the nature of practice took a lot of it off like I said I had I had weight to lose anyway yeah so it comes off and then again that last three to five pounds is always the gotcha. hardest anyway so I don't think I ever I ever crashed or anything like that but they were definitely I was definitely making weight cuts yeah but I don't I don't think I did it in a dangerous way either it was just nature of the sport is you're gonna yeah. work hard and, and as long as you know unlike other sports who are also dropping weight through their practices the only difference is we step on the scale at the end of ours and we right, know right. exactly what we do. So yeah, we, exactly. we track it. Yeah. Whereas, so, like, I get some parents, and that's a big concern for parents because they're not unfamiliar with the sport. Yeah. And, you know, and I tell them, I was like, listen, we practice just as hard, if not harder, than any other sport out there. Probably harder than any other sport out there. The only difference is in, in what they're losing is we know what they're losing. Yeah. We can track it, which probably makes it safer because if you come in that practice and you didn't gain any weight and we don't have a match back, that tells me that you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. You're not eating when you can and, and you're not staying strong. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm able, I, all of my wrestlers, we, we look at it and, and, you know, we're on top of it. We're making sure nobody's dropping 10 pounds in a week. Yeah. So we try and we make it as safe as we possibly can in that aspect. Awesome. That's, so when, I guess like the biggest thing too in wrestling, you mentioned it as a mentality. mentality. Mm -hmm. Like, is there a way to kind of like help kids mentally push through things or like how do you like help them get through like things that are you know more grueling than they're not used to from like another sport or yeah. you know or like deal with things like what's what's a, like a good way that you kind of like maybe give, like coach them in a, a, a way like that yeah so you know it it's very individualized for us because you know we're not wrestling's not a popular sport in this town in this area yeah um like when i coached in missouri you know we had 200 kids and they were wrestlers they weren't football players coming out for wrestling they were wrestlers three seasons here it's kind of a mix i have kids who go to wrestling clubs they do wrestle they're very exposed those are the guys we sit down and we talk to and say hey this is your goal for the year what do you want to do and we talk diet we talk what weight class you want to be in for the year where they're going to stand the best shot we do a lot of research on that stuff and, and, you know, as long as everything goes to plan, no injuries, stuff like that, we, we game plan where their goal should be. Um, like I said before, new guys, because you need that mentality, and if you, for new guys who aren't winning, mm -hmm. they can get so down on themselves because they are working hard in practice. Yeah. 
that we have to kind of take a step back a lot of times with new guys and say, hey, we'll go back to our scorebook and say, this is your first match. Your first match lasted 20 seconds. You got put to your back and fit. This is your most recent match. You went all three periods and you lost by five points. In my head, that's a gigantic improvement. Yeah. You didn't win anything, but you've improved from only lasting 20 seconds against a wrestler yeah. to now you're staying the entire six minutes on the mat. And, and you know, your stamina's up. There, there's So we're always trying to, to point out the small things that equate to wins in the coach's eyes because we know that, that they're progressing the way they should. Yeah, I mean, and just like anything, I feel like small yeah. small progress yeah. eventually becomes exactly. big successes. Yeah, and, and it's hard in on the West Julie team specifically. Everybody pretty much gets their shot at varsity. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in wrestling, the coach doesn't, for the most part, doesn't dictate the varsity lineup. We do a wrestle-off every week, and the best wrestler that week gets the varsity spot. The problem in West Julie is, and not that it's a problem, it's the way it's always been, is that we can't fill a lineup. We don't get enough kids out. So yeah. most of these kids aren't having to, most of these first-year wrestlers aren't having to fight for a varsity spot and get better yeah. and are truly varsity ready when they're like juniors. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing freshmen who have never wrestled before into a varsity lineup and they're going out and getting their butts kicked. Yeah. And it's the nature of the beast here. Yeah. So we really have to make sure that they're, because when we go to our freshman tournament, and all my freshmen go out there, and they have a great day. We're like, yeah, it's because you got your butt kicked by varsity-level kids all year long. Now you're yeah. coming out here, and you're wrestling the kids who you should have wrestled all year long, but couldn't because I needed you in varsity, yeah. and this is where you're competing. These are the kids that you're supposed to be beating, yeah. and you're perfectly on track. <laughs> it's just you know, a matter of getting them to that point where they see it as well. They need to turn that corner in their own head. And, and the unfortunately, the best way for them to see that is getting their hand raised. Yeah. It's just yeah. we need to get them, get them to that point and keep them keep them before they quit right like, yeah just like throw them in the fire yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's pretty much it, it. That's what we do they'll come out somehow yeah, yeah, yeah exactly they'll either they'll either learn from it or they can they can put their tail between their legs yeah. but yeah and you know when we come out when we start the season all the new guys we are very upfront with them we tell them it's probably the hardest thing that you've ever tried to do um wrestling attracts not just athletes for some for some reason it attracts all types yeah so i have kids who never played sports before so have no idea of an organized practice, have no idea of, you know, the time and effort that it's like. And, and I specifically make my high school practices start by 8 a.m. So mm-hmm. on a Saturday practice, I make sure those kids have to wake up early. They have to get into that routine. And yeah. they hate it, but it's the best thing yeah. for them, yeah. you know. And, like, I don't ever, I tell them at the beginning, I don't ever want to hear from your parents while you're not here. Yeah. You're almost adults. You talk to me we have a, an app that the sports uses and i should not be getting a message from your mom why you're not going to be at practice yeah you need to be able to tell me things like that and just hold them accountable yeah and and you know we sit them down at the beginning and say hey this is going to be the hardest thing you've possibly done give me two months yeah if in two months you truly feel this isn't for you fine but give me the time i need to make you to a point where you should be able to compete yeah and then we'll make that decision don't yeah. just quit because it's hard yeah, so I feel like as coaches, like yeah. you, you, it's you're not just coaching the sport; like you're coaching life lessons. One hundred percent. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. They're going to carry with you, just like all of our coaches have have done that as well. You know, like mm-hmm. that's the that's the, like the most gratifying thing to be able to to see a, a former player five years down the road. They're yeah. graduating college yeah. or. Yeah. Oh, yeah in college whatever the case may be and they're doing great things like what's your what's your coaching or or as a 
as a student athlete, what's your favorite memory um, through the sport? Um, I would say my favorite memory is actually very recent. Um, so when I moved home from Missouri, um, I started at the middle school. I was a middle school wrestling coach with a friend of mine and um, had this little kid come out on the team. He was about this tall <laughs> and, and very round. And I ended up coaching him. As I transitioned to the high school, he was also. So I got to coach him okay. from sixth grade to his senior year. Awesome. Oh, that's and awesome. he went from a kid who had no idea. He came out on the wrestling team and said, "Okay, this is what we, this is what they do on TV." Yeah. That was his <laughs> thought of wrestling at day one stage. Grade. And I was like, He's like oh, "So where does oh, the chair come into play?" Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, "Buddy, you're in for a real big surprise when I tell you this is amateur wrestling, not professional wrestling." But um. That's great. But the kid was what we refer to in the wrestling room as a dog. He was just there to work and grind, and through the nature of his own mentality, a very strong mentality, wasn't a kid that was going to quit, even though he was short and round and was wrestling, you know, against kids in the weight class because he was bigger. You know, kids were tall and skinny and just wrapping him up. Yeah. But he was there to work, and he tried his hardest, and you know, was always at practice. He had very good mom that made sure he did what he had to do, and by the time he was a senior. He was in a very competitive weight class and made a lot of good moves and made it all the way to the state finals. Really? Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Wow. So, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a coach, you couldn't ask. And now he is a volunteer assistant on my team. He volunteers at the youth uh, club that I also coach with. Um, so he's now giving back as well. That's and, awesome. And, you know, he's he's in town. He's doing good things, going to school. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's still – I'm a part of his life still. He's a part of my life. Yeah. And, you know, now he coaches my son on the youth program. And, yeah. and now I'm helping him develop his coaching, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he, he came up to me when he first started coaching. He's like, how do you do this? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I know how to do moves, but having to go back and coach them now in his yeah, lane, I was like, it's, it's the hardest thing you're going to do. Yeah. Like, and he's like, how did you do this with us? I was like, Brian, when you were my first coaching experience back here, like, I had to sit down and say, what was the first thing I learned? And, and remember that yeah. and, and you know it was a lot of backtracking and then now I've done it you know I've coached to some degree for the last 18 years or so and it, it is it is a lot harder than actually wrestling like yeah. actually actually doing any sport you know you're doing it and it's just muscle memory and then yeah. when you when you're the guy now having to sit back and explain how you do things mm -hmm. or how like I still wrestle on the mats as often as I can how I'll tell them the right way to do it, but I do it wrong because yeah. I'm just so used to doing it my way. And the the kids will call me out. I was like, "Listen, this is one of those do as I say, not as I do things." Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. but that that's probably the greatest memory I have right now. Is I mean, I would never. I loved wrestling. I loved the sport. I was a solid wrestler, but I didn't have a whole lot of success high school wise. I I pushed myself, as, but as far as coaching, that that kid took it. He was a kid who didn't have the training that a lot of the other kids he was wrestling had. Yeah. Like, a lot of the other wrestling kids in his weight class that year were three-season club wrestlers. And he yeah. was just a kid who was willing to work hard. And yeah, that's made it, awesome. made it all the way into the finals. That's awesome. So Yeah. And I think that's the thing with coaching. I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think they think it's easier to get into. But when you get to, like, a certain level, there's a point where you have to take a step. Like, I mean, at any level, that you have to take a step back. 
and do the teaching and yeah. like show them because yeah. it's always easier to be like I don't know why you can't do this because right. like I remember when I stepped into the high school coaching basketball I was like I, I'm like why can't you just get to that but like you have to like kind of you have to take a step back and be like all right so this is mm-hmm. like this is a footwork you have to do or something but yeah. it's, it's awesome for like you to uh be able to do that and to Absolutely. like you know take that step back and realize it too as well too yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's funny and it's a little bit more prevalent with wrestling because you know technically it's a combat sport you know yeah. you look at some of these kids who there's a real distinct line i feel like between middle school wrestling and high school wrestling right yeah. high school you could be 160 oh. pounds and you're typically all eighth grade sixth grade you're built the same way you haven't really hit puberty for the most part yet so everybody, same-ish strength levels, everything's pretty comparable. But then you get a freshman 160 and a senior 160, and that senior 160 is a man at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, he's, yeah. he's hit puberty, he's developed, he could be going into the military in a few months, you yeah. know what I mean? So my hardest part with some of my freshmen is the fact that they can't do the same moves that they were doing in middle school yeah and it's not you know it, wrestling's still a combat sport and i was like pal this isn't i'm not telling you not to hit this move because i think the move sucks or i think you suck at it i'm telling you this because if you hit it wrong there's every potential you're going to separate your shoulder you're going to break your collarbone yeah. like this is a protection aspect of it now like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like don't do this because <laughs> you know it worked on kids who were built the same way as you right but now you're you know, you're you're 160 pounds, you're 180 pounds, but you're not built the same as the senior who's 180 pounds. Yeah. So it's just the 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 that's another aspect of coaching that we're always trying to battle is that these kids watch YouTube and things like that. I'm gonna go hit this move. It's like, dude, you haven't practiced it. Yeah. Like, like my biggest gripe with not gripe, but my biggest thing with my athletes is just like they watch Jordan Burroughs and all these high level wrestlers, Olympic wrestlers, and they. They're like, okay. And then they'll come to practice and they'll hit the move once. And they're like, oh, it's ready to go. I was like, dude, you, these guys yeah. practice that move until they can't get it yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're practicing this move until you hit it once yeah. the right way and then you're good to go. Like you know? <laughs> and, and I was like, just keep it simple for now. Yeah. Do what works. And then in practice, take your risks. Yeah. But don't go out on the mat and hit something that you've never attempted in watching a video and get stuck. Right. Because exactly. yeah. those guys also, their fundamentals are already mm-hmm. mastered. 100%. Yeah. So they're able to do yeah. advanced moves exactly. in You know, it, it equates back to way. why I should leave my driver in the bag. I love hitting that ball 280, 300 yards, but I can't do it with the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I should follow my own rules with that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. Yeah on that but um i think last question and then we'll kind of jump into sports aspect of everything um i want to know how's the season going how you guys doing this year for wrestling season is uh fully underway we are um coming into our state tournaments um again small team um well i have good decent numbers 13 to 15 guys unfortunately a seven or eight of those guys are all the same size <laughs> so on a wrestling card that goes by weight classes yeah i can only fill about five or six spots at a time so our dual meets aren't great just because we go into the matches losing because we forfeit all the weights that we can't uh fill but um all of my guys are improving um guys um who should be qualifying for state are, are on track to do so Kids who are freshmen first year guys are getting ready to go to their freshman tournament and uh, are also looking like they're going to be pretty sharp for that too. So awesome. That's, that's awesome. Well, 
Albert, it's been a lot of fun on the question parts of everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Albert's going to stick around with us to talk some sports, okay. but we're just going to cut it right to uh, a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll jump into sports. Welcome to Vintage Cigar Lounge, the place where you escape to, not from. The place where your cigar options are limitless. The place where friends come together and bond over the finest cigars and drinks. The place where your selected few can retreat to and enjoy premium cigars, great conversation, and your liquor of choice within the privacy of our private rooms. Looking for a place to escape to? Our doors are always open. Back to talk some, some sports. Uh, we just found out that the Bengals have advanced to play the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, our predictions are uh, are staying on uh, point. Uh, staying on Please, 49ers win tonight. <laughs> for my health only. I had a tough one on. Uh, I keep bringing it up New Year's Eve in Michigan, but you know I won't. I won't talk about it. But <laughs> but uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, the Chiefs Bengals matchup that's happening? Whew. That uh. Revenge from last. Yeah. Rematch from last year too. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I'd love I'd love to see Burrows and the Bengals come through it, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> just, Kansas City always seems like they're a machine right now, yeah, and, and yeah. they just have all the tools that they need. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bengals. I think I think they're yeah. they're way too hot of a team to. I mean, they go into Buffalo tonight in the snow and just. Kind of throttle them. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-seven, ten. Yeah. Yep. Buffalo's offense is pretty good, and uh, the Bengals just played really well. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick with I'm gonna stay with the Bengals over Kansas City next week. Um, because who knows how Mahomes is gonna be with, with yeah. that injury. That's that, right. I forgot his sprained his ankle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that didn't look too good. So um, yeah, I think the Bengals and. To Jeff's point, I hope the 49ers can win next week as oh, well. Oh, my God, please. They're playing. Yeah, I w- I'd love to see it happen. I mean, I was surprised that – well, I mean, I know Mahomes went down, but Jacksonville put up a pretty good fight against the Chiefs. Yeah. They played pretty well against mm-hmm. them. Like, I think the next couple of years they're going to be good. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I don't I don't think they're a team you shouldn't, like, sleep on. I mean, I keep on forgetting – Trevor Lawrence has been around for so long. I keep forgetting it's his second year only yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. And, like, all the stuff they had to deal with last year with Urban Meyer and answering those questions <laughs> right. about like what's going on with the yeah. team and stuff like that, but they have a good they have a good squad I think. But I think Kansas City the only thing that kind of scares me is they actually have a run game this year and I they know. do that's like that's the one thing. But I don't know. I didn't the Chiefs and Bengals play each other earlier this year and didn't the Bengals beat them? I think wasn't it? I think they because there was a lot of trash talk. I don't know. I think I think they, I think did, they, they did. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like the start of like Cincinnati again just did what they did last year they just yeah. started off like crap and then went on a win streak <laughs> i know yeah, yeah that's just... why they, they get so hot going into the playoffs yeah. and then they just like last year they just don't seem to like let up at all and i think that might happen again this year i'm hoping it happens again yeah me too i think burrows is I just, unbelievable yeah i do too yeah, yeah. I so i don't know i don't mean fan brock purdy's pretty good we'll find out how he does but uh, uh, tonight because we're, we're filming this on Sunday so they're playing they're about to play the uh, the Cowboys which is an old fashioned style matchup <laughs> oh, yes, that's, yes, that's, a ni- that's the old 90's matchup right there I mean what are you guys predictions of the Cowboys I mean I think Austin and I are sticking with our guns but what do you got Albert uh, I don't know I think it's time for the, the Cowboys kind of need to put up or shut up now you know they've been 
with Dak and and everything, you know, it's been it seems like it's always it's always something that it's going to be pushed off to the next year and the next year. And, yeah. yeah. You know, the Cowboys have such a strong national following, but when you think about it, their last Super Bowl wins were on VHS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Shoot, you caught me. <laughs> like in the middle of my cigar when you said that. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, that's like when they had Aikman and Emmett Smith. Yeah, and exactly. Michael Irvin were like the last time, and I think like when they went to the playoffs with Romo or, you know, it's always that mess up. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I think San Francisco's going to play well against them. I think mm-hmm. I think Perry's going to... Well, the funny thing with that matchup, I think, is that, you know, you have a San Francisco team now that, that is a bunch of grinders, guys who are there to win, whereas yeah. you haven't had that in Dallas since Emmett Smith and yeah. Aikman and, and all those guys. You know, your teams with Tony Romo and stuff, they never had, you know, yeah, they wanted to win, but they never had the guys who were going out there and, you know, Michael Irving was just an animal. Yeah. Right. You know, they yeah. haven't had that guy. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. I I, I can't. I, I know Derek Baca might be getting mad at me tomorrow morning. <laughs> him, but, like, I, the Cowboys, I can't. I don't know. They just don't do it for me. Like, no, they, no. they don't. Yeah. They can't never get over the hump. And exactly. I don't think, unfortunately, for them this year, they're going to either because the 49ers are playing so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, I just, they're running into a freight train. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is time to kind of. Put up or shut up, but I don't see it happening this no. year, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, not when you have San Francisco with the quarterback that they brought in now, and, yeah. and just you know, it's you crazy. know, they were they were they were reaching at straws when they brought him in, and it happened to work out, and now it's now yes. it's an unstoppable force. Yeah, 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 steady, yeah, 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 yeah. Calm kid, as a cucumber. Exactly, he's like playing blind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he just a good shook though. That's the other thing too. Yeah, like, exactly. He, he like had a pretty bad start in the first game. He yep. was like throwing overthrowing people, and then all of a sudden, like the second half, it was like lasers. But yeah, yeah like the new but, court, like who yeah. is this? I guy? mean, like, but when you think about it, you know, you, this is him maximizing the opportunity. Yeah. You know, how I don't know if so him he was what un, was he undrafted no, or he was the last, last pick. pick. Last so you were the last pick of the draft, and I and I hate to go back to like a Tom Brady scenario, but at that point, That's exactly you know, what it is, it, yeah. It, I don't even know if you can get shaken at that point. You're a nobody anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. you either you either do it or you fade out, and nobody's gonna remember you anyway. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think there's. A, it's not like you were some middle of the road QB who's trying to make a name. You were a nobody. Yeah. yeah. He reminds me a lot of of Tom Brady. Yeah. And like to go back on it, Burroughs does too. Like yeah. They're, yeah. Just, they're unwavered yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they just do their job. Yeah. Burroughs a guy who throws an interception. and It's like he has a short term memory. Yeah. He yeah. Goes back out there and like. We'll throw the same pass again. And doesn't <laughs> right. matter. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I, I, it'd be interesting to see next week in a biz 49ers Eagles because the Eagles kind of, I don't know if they, they were kind of pattering out, but then they, they kind of like picked up again. I mean, the Giants. Well, I don't know about the Giants either. Too. I, the Giants I mean, were kind of a weird team. Hurts was hurt, and then he comes back. Yeah. And like he was a little shaky, but yeah. then afterwards he just. I feel like the Giants. You just never know which team you're gonna get. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, like they've never one. had that consistent. Yeah run like they have like two or three great games and then they look like crap and then they come yeah. back again and you know i do like the new coach though he's yeah he's, he has he's doing, done a good job yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's come into a, to a pretty bad situation like in new york of another franchise that's used to they, yeah you know it's new york they, they yeah. want to win yeah and and he's come in and i think he's carrying that load pretty well yeah, yeah. day ball yeah yeah good. so al what's your prediction for the super bowl who do you got going Super Bowl. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if I have a prediction at this point. But uh, 
Pick your two teams. <laughs> I think I'm going to go... I'll go Cincinnati 49ers. All right, all right. Stick them with us. Wow. All right, all right. Wow. So that's, like that's, that's three people. That yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think... I mean, as far as that goes, you know, I don't, I don't get get down in the nitty gritty, but that's the Super Bowl I'd like to see, I think. Yeah, yeah I do too. That's, that's Cincinnati's got to redeem themselves from last year, yeah. even though they didn't, like, they just kind of ran into an L.A. team that was really good. Yeah, um, stacked too as yeah, well. Yeah, this year yeah. L.A. was nothing, they, and obviously yeah. filled with injuries, yeah. but to see the, uh, Cincinnati be back and, and kind of after the start that they had, be in the situation that they are in again. Um, I mean, I think it's a testament to the coach, to the team. Yeah, I mean, in general. I mean, you see it come back twice like that, y'all. You, you can't help but think the the Patriots scenario where you know yeah. they're going to be able to keep a team together right. and yeah. just going to run forward for a while. Right. Which would be cool for Cincinnati because they're not a team that you really think of in the last what 10, 20 years of doing a whole lot. In that well, they scenario. shocked everyone last yeah. year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, that was like, and then they had no O line last year. They no. traded. They got rid, the whole offensive line this year is new. I think they got rid of like everyone yeah. except for maybe like one guy, and that was it. And that was they like, started when they when they were playing bad. They were not protecting Burrow. No, I saw a stab. I don't know exactly the numbers, but the beginning of the year they gave up a lot of sacks. The second half of the year they haven't even give up a, like a quarter of them oh wow yeah or half of them like it, it's a staggering statistic and yep. that's probably why they've been playing so well because yeah. if you give burrow enough time i mean he's mm-hmm. gonna find the open receiver and yep. their receivers are good, good yeah. <laughs> yeah it's crazy that they're able to get chase because yeah. one of his main receivers back at lsu to like, bring him in mm-hmm. and like just like the combination of the two yeah. of them i was hoping like jefferson would fall but like chase went right with them and then, like it's just that's like the smartest thing you could do, though, is bring in like a teammate that he had yeah. a good chemistry with already. Yeah. They were on a championship team, so like they right. they have a good connection already. And then T. Higgins from Clemson yep. adds another factor to yeah. it with them. So you just hit the stride, like yeah. you stay yeah. in stride, going from college to the pros, and yeah, it's not too much of a of a gray area. Yeah. So we're gonna it'll be interesting. So we got all of us are saying San Francisco versus uh, the Bengals and. Yep. Hopefully San Francisco can pull out the win tonight. <laughs> I'm not. I like everyone thinks. <laughs> I try not to get too like um, get nervous. Like no guaranteed wins anymore. Yeah. I don't know if it's because Jim Harbaugh has kind of ruined me, or like anytime my team has made it to a finals that, or like get close to a finals that they lose or something like that. So yeah. I just I gotta be a pessimist in some sort of way <laughs> to keep my myself down. But let's hop into the next topic. Well, before that too, we're gonna do some gambling, but. We gotta wait to get some lines out and stuff yeah. like that, and we'll get some like over unders eventually, and start doing that stuff for you guys. But once the lines start coming out, I think once when we get close to Super Bowl, we'll do yeah. some stuff, and like we said, we're gonna try to do some squares and stuff like look, look to do that and yeah. March Madness and stuff. But no lines on the we can't get the I don't think the lines out now already for Buffalo Bengals, but I don't know if that's yeah, out yet. But um, what's got into golf? So live signed with the the cw of all channels <laughs> so like you know very interesting i mean what's your take on that we'll start with you out. uh i think it's definitely weird you know that that's that's where they uh that's where they're going but i think in in, in my mind they probably had no other options they needed to get footing this yeah. year you know i gotta imagine they lost a ton of money last year not being able to be on tv it's all youtube based yeah. and you know as much as everybody has YouTube, knows YouTube, you know, it's not 
TV. Yeah. You know, it's not just turn it on and it's in the background. Um, so they probably took whatever they could get at that at this point, and, and that's what they're going to run with. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a very weird network to partner up with. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it had to have been a last resort type thing, and they needed to partner with someone in mm-hmm. order to in order to make it relevant. Um, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about it. Like, I feel like the Saudis are just throwing money at American sports like crazy with WWE. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is an American sport, but with with throwing their money at, at Messi and Ronaldo and stuff to go there as well. I mean, they have unlimited money. Yeah, so it's crazy. They kind of can, but yeah, at the yeah. same time... And who knows, maybe thinking on crazy. that line, they end up buying the fancy W. Yeah, yeah, right. No, exactly. right. Yeah, maybe they're just positioning the to, yeah. to do something like yeah. that. And, yeah. and then rebrand it. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, the last... Actually, I think a while ago, CW had WWE. Okay. Like, a okay. while ago. Did back they? Back right. at, like... Back in the day, like in the late 90s, I think they had it. And I think it was like UPN at the time or something like that. And I think the last time I watched CW, it's like I was watching Arrow or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like some like, show like that. So it's going to be like, that's not a channel I think of sports. I think yeah. it's more of like, oh man, teen shows. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, you know, like I think, don't make fun of me, Arrow is a great show. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like one of those like type. Of things like it's, that's not where I think of where I'm gonna go watch golf, and I didn't really right. watch live at all last year. I think I watched the first event. I think you and I texted about it yeah. on YouTube, and that was it. And then I kind of kind of forgot it was there. And I know Joe went to the event up in Boston. Yeah. Go check it out, and he got a media pass. So like, it's it's a very interesting like thing of how they're gonna compete and what. Do you think the PGA will ever like budge though too to kind of let those guys back, or do you think that's never gonna happen either? I don't know. I think it's going to be a weird dynamic with them, with with the two clashing at the at the majors. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll ever budge as far as they may let guys come back at, at some point, but I don't think that it's going to be. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to be like relevant. You know, yeah. I, I think that. <clears throat> to mark your legacy you have to be on the PGA Tour in mm-hmm. order to do that and I don't think that that's ever going away um, the record books on the Live Tour are just starting Yeah. and 20 years down the line I don't think people are I don't think kids growing up are going to be saying oh I want to go on Live and I want to break this record Right. I think the PGA Tour is going to always be the king of it but at the same time, I could be wrong. That's just. My I mean, I think I think this like so. Last year, they got their footing and got their exposure, and you know, they made their waves. Like, yeah. Like everybody, like. It's not you know something people don't know about like, right. and people know about them because they were a headache for the PGA. And, yeah. yeah. And you know they were very vocal. That's what they wanted to be. That's yeah, yeah. how they were going to get their name out there. So I think now the next this year, next year, you know, because they bought a lot of players too, right? Like like your other backup leagues type of stuff, like the USFL or whatever it is, and the XFL. You know, you don't know a lot of those players. Right. You yeah. know players who are in yeah. live now, so they have some branding. I would think in that aspect. So I think the next couple of years is is really going to be you know where they either they get their footing or they don't right but i think yeah. that they've taken the approach where we're going to buy these top names and, and yeah. you know people aren't going to forget about them right yeah but they also need i think live needs that their their top names to be able to play in your majors and things like that that way you know 
you have the chance for the live players to be winning majors and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that'll that'll be what they really need to, to you know sustain themselves long term. Yeah, I think that is a huge dynamic. But I, I don't like I don't neglect the guys that went over there no. to as, as from a business standpoint, I mean they were making plenty of money. Yeah, oh, true, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But from a business standpoint, and to provide for your family and, and create generational wealth, money. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I, I I probably would have done the same thing yeah. if, yeah, right. if it was offered to me. But I also I, I also feel like I would want to play the game for records. Right, like, sure. that, that's yeah. what drives you. And yeah. going to play a three round tournament is like, eh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have the mass. Like you don't, you can't play in the masters, right? They're not allowed in. No, they are. No, yeah. Oh, they are allowed. Yeah, I don't know. A, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, right. that's why. So I, I understand it, but then how are those guys in the final round of a masters or the final round after playing three round tournaments? How are they going to, even though they are the best players in the world, how are they going to up, uphold the pressure of, of the final round? It's an extra day. Mm-hmm. Their training is probably not specific to that yep. anymore yeah. you know so it's a different way of, of going about it mm-hmm. mindset wise so it'll be interesting I mean they've done it before so it shouldn't be that big of an issue but at the same time I think the first couple majors but like someone like Cam Smith I mean that is unbelievable yeah. yeah so I think he's gonna be able to figure it out I think it's just a mindset like a, a switch that you either mm-hmm. turn on or turn off but right um I think the other thing too is that the PGA and and the, the organizations who run, you know, your masters and, and all, they have to be looking to capitalize on the controversy between you know, yeah, Rory, oh Rory, yeah. Rory being super vocal about yeah. against it and Justin Thomas saying all the stuff that he did last yeah. year. You know, you have to want to see that, right? Yeah. So now now you build up these the masters and and everything. Now you build it up to a point where it's not just golf. Yeah. Now it's a rivalry game yeah. and the, you have all the shit talking. Kind of taking to another level that you've never really had in golf, and yeah. and both sides got have to be wanting to capitalize on on bringing in a whole other viewership just based on yeah yeah you know trash talk. You can imagine the first day pairings for like the Masters and stuff is going to be pretty like crazy. Oh like, yeah, you, right? you know they're yeah. going to take full advantage yeah, of that. 100%. So like it's must yeah. see TV to be like oh well we got like Dustin Johnson playing with Rory McIlroy yeah, and right. like those guys. Like I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see that stuff. Yeah. yeah, but then I think it's going to be well. fun to see a guy like Rory who's just a robot and a machine just just try and put it down some live players throat just yeah. trying like not not just play golf but just trying to embarrass him at yeah. That yeah. Point. yeah i think it yeah. changes it changes golf's dynamic too like it yeah. makes it more of a of almost like a team sport yeah yeah, yeah. yeah as far as who's with which organization mm-hmm. so um yeah it definitely should be interesting and and i don't understand how they're doing it as far as like the official world rankings though because like I'm pretty sure the Masters, the top 50 get in, and mm-hmm. then it's kind of other qualifications. But um, I don't know. The, those guys aren't accruing any points. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really understand fully. I haven't really dove into it as to how they're they're getting the invitations. But um, the majors, you want to have the best yeah. players yeah. play regardless of yeah. where they're coming from. Now, do you think this is, I don't know if it's highly unlikely, unlikely, but, like, do you think that Liv and PGA could set up an event like a Ryder Cup 
where like they have teams of those like our top PGA players <laughs> play against the live top PGA players. Yeah, I think, cool. yeah, yeah, I think, I think that, it'd be cool too. I think that's taking full advantage of like your yeah. whole. Like, I mean, obviously it's PGA kind of giving in and cashing in on that, but like yeah. I think that's kind of a good way to like prove who's the better league too. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like all right, yeah. well here's our guys versus what we had in the top guys of like anything to it. Whose who's format would you use yeah. at that point, right? Well, yeah, that's true. a good point, like, yeah. Like, you could do one day live. And would, and would they, they be allowed to play in shorts or not? Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I mean, a, <laughs> I mean, so that, that's where the live tour kind of gets, you know, they're changing the things that does it like they're just trying to stir the water like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah they're like playing shorts. And, and so now it gets, like, yeah, it gets a little nitpicky and stuff like that and I think you saw you know when Phil Mickelson kind of backed off his podium like yeah. he kind of started realizing oh maybe this is going places where I didn't think it was like yeah. you know we just wanted to play on a different golf and now it's yeah. something that's not because he, he was super vocal for a while and then he backed off hard yeah that is true yeah. it but, is it, and Phil kind of started the needle yeah and the pga though they did find hundreds of millions of extra dollars to be able to give to the players so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it no. is justifiable for what he did and yeah. he's not really reaping those benefits but the guys on tour are yeah and so he was right in a sense yeah, but yeah. the way he went about it i don't think was the proper way the proper way yeah. well i think he dove head first into something that, <laughs> yeah yeah you know the, like they came to him with a number and yeah. he's like oh yep, yep. you know because <laughs> yeah, yeah. phil i mean as good as phil is he's not he's on like the other side of his career for the most yeah, part yeah. so this is like a just a payday yeah. plus he gambles yeah, like, yeah. exactly no, 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 yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly that's yeah it's very interesting to see it'd be kind of interesting to see how it makes out on the CW though but yeah it will be a lot of fun I had something to say but I can't remember what I want to say about that but. so speaking with the invitations did you see that I can't remember who it was but this guy in like the Atlanta yes. area saw it like got the invitation for a professional golfer because they have the uh-huh. same name and they lived in the same city. Really? And he, like, posted to Instagram, hey, so-and-so, and, like, tagged him. This is not a joke. I received your whole packet. Yeah. It looks very official. That... Send me a message and we can work out getting yes. it back to you. Yeah. yeah. Like, that happened with a professional golfer, too. So They paid someone else. His... They paid somebody else? Yeah, they gave... I forgot who it was, but they sent the... the... Bank, they gave it the, like the wrong bank information. He won a tournament. Oh, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, and I it went to someone else's either, bank yeah. account. But then the guy was like, "So I, I like never received my money." And I'm like yeah. this other, can you imagine like waking up like one morning just looking like shit, I'm just got, yeah, like, yeah. a million dollars <laughs> in my like right. Bank. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. But, well, before break, we saw that we saw that we were watching the the game and we saw the Bengals win. Now we're trying to see if John Rom can. Uh, pulled out on the golf and I saw a statistic in his last seven rounds he's 50 under par what John Rahm is 50 under par in his last seven rounds oh my god which is absolutely absurd that's crazy so I just wanted to throw that in there because (laughs) I think that is unbelievable and he's 27 under with two holes to go now um so I'm hoping he's one of he's become like a really one of my top players to watch because I oh, love yeah. his swing, love his action, yep. and I think that he just is a beast. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Yeah, yeah. They're playing this is the American Express final round that we have on right now. Who's he? Who's the other guy in the second? Thompson. Yeah, I'm not quite not sure. sure yeah. Is, yeah, I want to say he might be a rookie. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been pretty well, but yeah, he's right on his heels. Yeah. So, so how do you see. guys feel about the scores that you're seeing on some of these tournaments? You know, minus twenty I sevens, mean, things like that. I think they're outrageously <laughs> low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but stuff. do you feel like that's like indicative of like changes need to come to golf courses, or I mean, not that it's you know what I mean. Like, there's got to be a point where you know these players now are just so it loses it loses that aspect you know when you yeah. have guys coming in 27 under like is it is it hard for them and, and as golfers like yeah we know how much time but yeah, like, yeah. yeah. if somebody comes in is like oh 27 under is it is it a challenge for them like yeah like, I, I definitely think it's a challenge i think that the every year the equipment gets better yes. Yes. every yeah. year yeah. the ball flies further yeah with that equipment change with the way that the balls are so i think that i think to negate that a little bit is to change the core of the golf ball. Okay. I think that's how, because, I mean, the equipment with with technology and how we can test it now, I think it's always going to evolve, and that's kind of where it's at now, that it's going to next level stuff every year, like yeah. year yeah. after year. Every, every other month, I feel like there's something new yeah. coming out yeah. that's better than the last, so... Um, but whether they do that or not, I have no idea. We'll just have to kind of wait and see in the future. Mm-hmm. It's very, that's a good point. And really think about the technology part of like golf. There's always that's like crazy. a development 100%. of like new drivers. But I also like, like, like I've seen a few Instagram posts like where they show professionals' bags. Yeah. And like there are pros that like, like a club from five, ten years ago. Yeah. And it's still in their bag. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, so at that point, you know, it's not all the technology. Like, you know, these guys are like finding what works for them and just like, I'm sure you guys have seen that Tiger Woods post of the iron that just sold, and yep. like you saw the wear pattern. The wear pattern on it was the golf ball. Like hit the yeah. exact same spot every time. Just you know, a guy professional. That's yeah. the yeah. only way you can put it. You know, yeah. just that's his job, and he, there's a reason he's the best. That's probably ever played. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like someone saw the wear pattern on my driver. It's like to the front. <laughs> I it looked like someone set up a firework on it. <laughs> it's all over the place. I, I was just watching some snippet off of like the the barstool golf podcast and like they were talking about like tiger woods talking about like miss hitting it and like yeah anybody else would say he flushed the ball and tiger yeah. woods is saying oh I, too too close to the heel or too close to the toe. and yeah. it's like millimeters off of center yeah like, like you know anybody else it's, would say i flushed this yeah, ball. yeah. it's so precise yeah. he's so like just a robot. And, you know, as, like as, another as, robot as a, as a guy i mean you play multiple times a week i play at least once a week now like i I don't know how it's possible. Yeah. Like just that much body control. Like well, all the time that, all the time that you're at work. Yeah. They're putting into their golf game yeah. to their body to their nutrition. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, it makes it's. They have state of the art things that we can't even put our hands on. Oh yeah. That yeah. allow them to be able to get that good. Plus they put in the work. Mm-hmm. Plus they, all everything is dialed in specifically to their specs to their swing um spin rate there's so much that goes into it and theirs are dialed into <laughs> fractions yeah. of what it needs to be to be perfect perfect yeah, yeah. so yeah my nutrition isn't <laughs> very high it's steak and cheeses and <laughs> every once in a while i'm real high life yeah. <laughs> so wait till you have kids and you're running everybody around and you're just trying to get a meal in that's yeah. somewhat yeah, yeah, that's, stop that's, at bk yeah, yeah, right? exactly, yeah exactly 
Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, we're talk about a little bit about the Celtics and like how they've been playing. They're playing good basketball, man. Oh my god, like Coach Joe uh, Missoula from uh, yeah. <laughs> from Rhode Island is doing a good job with that team. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I didn't think they were gonna be as dominant as they are this year. No, I think uh, I think going into the year with 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 their coaches kind of scandal, I should say. Yeah. Um, I think that it was it was a hit to the team after making it to the finals, and yeah. they kind of picked up right where they left off. And Missoula's doing an unbelievable job. I hope he gets the position at the I end of the too. year, yeah. and they make him full time head coach. Um, but yeah, I, they just have so many key parts that can play their position so well. Yeah, right, like. And then you have Robert Williams come back. He's playing unbelievable. They're, they ease them in, and, and he's the missing piece. Yeah. Tatum and Brown, you know what you're going to get. Marcus Smart, you know what you're going to get. Um, Brogdon, I think, was a I key piece I didn't think that was, was added. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then their bench is, is really good. So, yeah, I, I was watching that Warriors game the other night, and, I mean, it was they pulled it out in overtime, and it's just – they're playing great. Yeah, they're moving the ball very well. Yep. I would have to say they're playing better than the start. Like last year, this around this time, I think maybe we touched upon that. It's like they didn't move the ball. Yeah. Uh, like, and I think they started going that run. But yep. but then like even in the finals when they played against the Warriors, they just went back to that one-on-one type yeah. basketball. Now it's kind of a different style. I mean, too, Austin, from your point of view, being a coach and everything, like, do you like the like, – seeing that style now the ball movement and stuff because I think we were moving from a different style of one like it was a lot of one-on-one yeah to now it's kind of coming up to like now it's not as now the ball moves a lot and there's yeah. a lot of like do you see that a lot with your players and so like, um I mean they, they definitely the players try and emulate what they see on TV yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> the, the style that I like I, I love to just kind of run and gun and I'd rather Shoot! I'd rather have a player or, or a team, my team, shoot as many times as possible. Right. Especially, like, at the middle school level. But even, like, I love the way the Warriors play. Right, yeah. Because yeah. it's run and gun. They're getting tons of shots up. Like, the more shots you get up, the more you're going to make or have an opportunity to get second chance points. So that's my my favorite way. And, like, at the middle school level, I'm like, I'd rather have a kid – come over half court, take two steps, and just hoist the shot, then have it turned over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's right? a good, like, I yeah, can't that's stand good, do like a, turning the ball, ball over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you right the, there's no value in that at all. So yeah. at least if you shoot it, whether it's deep or not, yeah. at least you have an opportunity to get an offensive rebound, and at that level, they don't rebound that well. Right. So the more we can get shots up, the more we can get offensive rebounds and then score and then – on the defensive end, just try and turn our defense into offense and scramble and and do everything that way. But yeah, I like the style of just the hoisting shots. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, getting good shots, but moving the ball in order to get a better shot. Yeah, and then positioning yourself to get the offensive rebound while having one or two guys get back in order to to stop the fast break or if they're basket hanging, whatever the case may be. So. Right, right. Do what. I don't know. You don't watch a lot of basketball, do you? I, I don't. I I follow the Celtics when I can. I yeah. think, you know, they're playing solid basketball. But yeah. 
at the same time for me. For some reason, I just, I don't, like, I watch more college basketball. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. for Which some reason for me, it just seems like that. a circus when I turn on an NBA yeah. game. Like, <laughs> there's so many people on the court, like, down low. And, yeah. And, like, what was it the other day, the whole Shannon Sharp thing that happened? Oh, no, yeah, I got into a fight I with, mean, oh, it, thank God. I and, and it seemed like for that, team like, ran. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it seemed like that was the biggest story that came out of that game. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. I saw nothing about the game afterwards. It was just that whole yeah. thing. Which was actually crazy because the Lakers upset the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were on like a, I don't know, nine or 11 game win streak. Yeah. And the Lakers have obviously not been playing that well. Yeah. And you're right. It was the story of, of the game yeah. where the Lakers actually beat them. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of like trash talking going. Like Dylan Brooks yes. like was going after LeBron. Like they <laughs> yeah. just like had no, like just like we're trying to like. Right. I don't know. I like I like Memphis too. I think Memphis is like the way they're playing. Like Memphis and Denver are on the top two teams in the West. And, yeah. And then the Kings are also in third place, which is like I don't. You would pick, never know. Yeah, I wish I could have bet money on that. On the East Coast, on the East Coast though, we never see the Kings. No, oh, yeah. no, exactly. I've been to a Kings game out in Sacramento, <laughs> and they were terrible. But it yeah. was, honestly, by far one of the best arenas I've ever been to because it's open. So you go oh, get yeah. your food. And you can still see the game. Oh, so really? no matter oh, what really? you do, yeah, and they have, like, it's, like, it's just, like, wide open. So you just, like, go, and then they they, they can, like, open it up a little bit. So yeah. there's, like, some, like, air coming in there and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so nice. it's, like, really, it's, sort of like, a beautiful arena. Yeah. I don't know who came up with, like, the beam, but that was, it's, like. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I talked to my buddy who's, like, a Kings fan out in Sacramento. Like, yeah. light the beam, bro. <laughs> light the beam. <laughs> but. Hey, ten bucks for a nosebleed seat. Yeah. Just go down Corsair. Oh, my God. No one there. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's just, like, when we lived in Missouri, we used to go to Kansas City. And it yeah. was one of the best parks yeah. I've ever been to. Just to see the Royals. And, you know, even at that point, so 2010-ish, you could still bring a cooler in. Really? Like, it was, like, that low. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it, awesome. It was that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was like the Kings game was pretty much. I think it was like twenty bucks, and we were like sitting mid court, like down yeah. low, and I was yeah. like, "This is awesome." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this day and age, you're on the East Coast, and you're paying twenty dollars for a beer at a Red Sox game. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I take my son there, and he learned that if he puts his hand up, that somebody's gonna throw him something. And, <laughs> and it was insane the amount of money because like, yeah. you can't be that guy either. It's halfway through after he gets it, you're not gonna let him like give it back. And yeah, yeah. Everybody's, I'm not gonna be the guy who gets on TV. Yeah, being the dad who tells his kid to throw. The peanuts back at the guy. Right, right. <laughs> oh, I'll never yeah. forget that his first baseball game. He just raised his hand for everything. Oh, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. yeah, I'll have that. That's awesome. Like, oh, That's part of the experience. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's so <laughs> worth it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I had to take out a small personal loan to yeah. pay for like yeah, my was, son's eating after yeah. game. But uh, that's awesome. And then let's just jump into college basketball. I mean, you brought it up. We had some. Both our our local teams are playing. Yeah. I mean, PC's playing some good ball, but Brown is to Bryant has been up and down the season. URI has, I mean, it's a yeah. growing year for URI, but, you know, PC is playing in the Big East. That Big East is so dominant. Like, yeah. so tough. I think it's back to, like, the old Big old East. Days. I mean, yeah. what, what do you guys think about, like, PC and the Big East and everything like that? Well, you started off. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think PC looks like they fit again. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like they're not, they're not down and out. They're, they're in the mix. Yeah. Um, good to see UConn also back. Yeah, you know, in yeah. the biggies, you know, playing playing back where you know you expect to see them. Right. So, but I think college basketball the last couple of weeks have been a ton of upset, upset days. Just like mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Missouri guy because I lived there for a while, and you know they finally broke the top twenty five. Yeah. And then what? Florida beat them, and they dropped <laughs> out of. But then they went and had another top twenty five win again. They have like four or five this year. Yeah. yeah. So I think. I think going into the tournament, you're looking at one of the better tournament years you've had because they're just nobody. I can't think of. The, 
the one dominant team right now that, that doesn't have the potential to get upset. And, you know, it being March Madness, there's always yeah. that potential anyway, and I think yeah. there's even more this year. Yeah. Well, you have, what, Duke and UNC there outside of the top 25. Yeah. Right, like yeah. That yeah. Is yeah. Weird. Weird, yeah. But I, I think, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a big Cooley fan. I think PC overachieves every year. Yeah. Like, Bryce Hopkins is the best pickup in the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. And where did he come? Kansas or Kentucky? I think one of those two. I can't remember. Well, whoever it is, I mean, yeah. they lost someone that is would have helped them this yeah, year, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that that PC, they, they always, the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a bad year for yeah, them. Yeah. And then they just go on a streak. Yeah, and then they cracked the top twenty-five. They had a, they did have a bad loss, but I mean, in the Big East, it's it's that's a put up or shut up league. Yeah, like yeah. they they play very physical basketball, and <clears throat> you have to be able to withstand the blows from from certain teams. And to hit on that, like UConn, UConn was got to number two in the country and then lost five straight yeah yeah so yeah. It, it's it's always a roller coaster ride in the big east and and yeah it, it's so much fun to watch yeah. how how pc just does it year in and year out and they don't necessarily have top recruits that come in right you know it, it's not a i mean it's a basketball school but yeah people it's not a basketball destination for kids to go to right right you know yeah it's 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 i mean the big east is a, a beast itself like yeah the, it, it, they beat up on each other they mm-hmm. all play very good basketball around the same time conference play is always a battle there's yeah. always good like fights and also shout out to rhode island's tyler kolick who's playing great ball at marquette like he's great yeah this is like he's got some nba i think he's got some nba potential from yeah. from him because he Handle, he sees the court very very well <laughs> yeah. like he's stepped up another level this year too so yeah, yeah. he controls the game so well yeah. I, I actually when I saw him last year playing for Marquette I was like there's no way it's the kid from Cumberland yeah, yeah. I could not believe it yeah I saw him play in high school and I'm like oh my god and then just to watch him how he controls the game how he runs Marquette's team to perfection right yeah he's like just, he, he does everything that they need him to do yeah he's just another extension of Shaka Smart out there yeah he's exactly. such, such a good player and, yeah and such a cool like I've interviewed him on the Rody Runback and yep. just such a nice kid overall yeah. like just very like yeah come like anytime I like talk to him he's like yeah come on the yeah, show that's awesome. yeah so he's just a very good kid so I'm, I'm glad I'm happy for him so there's yeah. a part of me that roots for Marquette too to like see him the, right. them do well as well yeah, too yeah. but uh, I think that's it for everything. Any any topics, questions, or anything you guys want to cover? I think you guys are good. Uh, yeah. Pretty good. good. I, I want to hit on one thing. I, yeah. you are, I went to the URI game yesterday, and it's like, they're just like the bad news bears right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, you my know? God. Like, yeah. I, I, I understand that it's Archie's first year, and, and it's not his players, and I think that he'll resurrect the, the program at, within the next couple of years, but just some of the, like, I don't know. Just watching it, it was it was it was kind of tough to watch yeah, yesterday. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they're not having the best year, but I mean they can they, they can always turn around. And then Brian tonight lost pretty okay. bad. By UMass, well, yeah. UMass lost so, by actually really good. They're nineteen and four. So. It's unbelievable <laughs> that that was not even a D one team yeah. a couple years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's it's nuts, but. 
Yeah, that's that's it. I think uh, Albert, thanks so much for joining thanks us for and hanging out with us. Yeah, 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 yeah thank you very yeah. much. Appreciate it. It was a great conversation, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. So remember to expand your brand. Yes, sir.